was, um, I've actually, to be honest with you, I've been quite nervous this morning, and I'm actually shaking just a little bit, and it's not because I've had too much coffee. I, uh, I leaned over to Renee in the prayer room, and I said, man, I feel really nervous today. And I don't always feel nervous. Sometimes when I get up to, to speak, I feel nervous, but not always. And uh, I shared that with Josiah, and he said, you know, maybe, I, I have too, maybe I'm, I'm feeding off of, of your nervousness. And then in worship, I felt, I felt Holy Spirit whisper this, this to me. I felt him say that you're nervous because it's a new day. And it's like the first day at a new job or the first or your first day at school. That's, and then when he said that to me, I was like, oh, that's what I feel. That's the nervousness I feel like on the, first, uh, on the very first day of a new job or the first day of school. I have this, this nervousness. So it's not, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's different for me, this nervousness. I, I really feel like God's got something significant for us today. We're going to start um, by reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 6 to 15. Paul writes and he says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God was causing the growth. So then neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything but God who causes the growth. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, but each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, God's building. According to the grace of God which is given to me, like a wise master builder, I laid a foundation and another is building on it. But each man must be careful how he builds on it. For no man can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each man's work will become evident for the day will show it because it is to be revealed with fire and the fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. If any man's work which he has built on it remains, he will receive a reward. If any man's work which is burned up, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved yet so as through fire. Let me pray. Jesus, I thank you that you are here, for your word clearly tells us you are everywhere all the time. I pray, even though I know you are here, that you would reveal your presence to us, that we would feel your manifest presence this morning. And I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would bring revelation to what I'm about to release, that you would breathe on it, in Jesus' name, amen. Today I want to talk to you about building. This is not going to be your, your typical Father's Day message. This is going to be a little bit different today. See, building is an important part of the kingdom. Isaiah prophesied saying that God is laying a, in Zion a stone, a tested stone, a costly stone cornerstone for the foundation firmly placed in chapter 28 and verse 16. This prophecy that Isaiah released is about Jesus because Jesus is the cornerstone. Now, now a cornerstone is the very first stone that's set in place in the construction of a masonry foundation. As the first stone laid, 
it becomes the reference point for all other stones that are placed in the construction after it. And everything finds its definition in this one stone. The cornerstone is how you know if a building is straight and if a building is true. I mean, to be honest, I can say amen and go home right there because that's a message. Jesus, the cornerstone, when you build your life on him, that's how you know your life is straight and your life is true. Jesus came and he said, I will build my church. Jesus is a builder. See, and we partner with him in the building project and the process of constructing his church and advancing his kingdom. So how do we partner with Jesus as he builds the church? Number one, we follow the blueprints. See, Paul called himself a wise master builder. Literally, in the, in the original language, he calls himself a skilled architect. The architect is the one that, that plans, that designs, and oversees the construction of buildings. Paul was building the church in Corinth. See, we read from the book of Corinthians, which is a letter to the church in Corinth. And he was building it by the design or the blueprints that he was seeing in the heavens. Holy Spirit was guiding Paul and releasing the plans to him as he was overseeing the building of the church, building of the people in Corinth. See, I like Paul, I'm a builder. I don't know that I go so far as to call myself a wise master builder, maybe more of a, of a, a Lego builder. I am an okay Lego builder. But I'm growing. Right? I'm growing and I'm learning, just like the rest of us. We're all in process. Amen? Paul points out and he says that, that we, we are the field. And then he says, we are the building. See, people is what God is growing and people is what God is building. See, that's the church. The church is people. I know we say things like, and it's like, it's, it's so ingrained in us culturally. We say, on Sunday mornings, we are going to... Church, right? Because we've set up with our culture that church is a location. That church is a place somewhere that we go. That's not true. You are the church. We are the church. We're simply coming to gather together as the church to worship and have, a, have like a, a corporate or family gathering. We cannot ever lose focus of the fact that we are building people. We are not building ministries. We are not building names for ourselves. We are not building popularity. We don't build monuments or structures to be remembered by. We build people. I'm a builder of people. And one of my most consistent prayers is that God would give me the wisdom and the courage to build what I see in my spirit. Because I see, what I see in my spirit, I, I see the blueprints and plans that God has given to me for our church, what he has in store for our church. I see some of the finished product already with the eyes of my spirit and wisdom is needed to know how do we get from where we are today when you like look to the right and to the left, how, how do we get from where we are today to where God wants us to be, to build towards what he has for us. We need wisdom to do that. And if you've been with us for a while, you know that we look different today than we did last year on Father's Day. Things have changed. Things have moved forward. 
We continue to work diligently to build the church collectively, all of us together, and then as you as individuals. Because as a builder, I don't just have my eye on all of us like collectively. I have my eye on each one of you individually. God is building his church. God is building people. Our focus has shifted over the last year, year and a half, is bringing us into alignment with the blueprints that I'm seeing. This year we launched Destiny Groups as a tool to empower people to discover their destiny. What is it that God created you to do? And who has God created you to be? Because he doesn't look at us as just a sea of humanity. He knows you. He has the hairs on your head numbered. He formed you in your mother's womb. And before you were ever born, he called you. He has a plan and a purpose and a destiny for you. We've begun some new ventures to reach, to reach into our city. And we have started seeing people begin to come to our church. People come and begin to give their lives to Jesus. We have been building. And we know that God is the one that brings the increase. Jesus builds his church. We are faithful to do the things that he asks us to do, to be obedient. But he brings the increase. He brings the growth. We are faithful to build what we see with the people that he has given us. And I am so grateful for each and every one of you that sits here today. And even those that aren't with us today or if you're joining us online. I am so thankful that God brought you here. You are God's church. And you are a magnificent building of his church. And yet you are still in process. We have not arrived so as we do our best to be faithful to our assignment of building according to the Lord's blueprints that he has shown me, we a I ask questions like, what is the original design of our church? Have you ever sat here and wondered, what was the original plan when this church was started? See, we know that this church has a rich history of the pursuit of the presence of God, prioritizing his presence over programs. We, are, we also know that we are a house of worship that is called to release the sounds, the songs, and the melodies of heaven. Did you realize we, that this church has been known for its music? It is famous for its orchestras and its choirs. Literally in my house, I have a vinyl record that was produced in the 60s of the choir and the orchestra from this church. It was such top-notch that they produced vinyl albums releasing them, releasing the sound from this place. Children have always been a priority and a focus here. There was a time 20 to 30 years ago that this church had such a large bus ministry that buses would go out into our city and they would pick up children and they would bring them to church because children are important, because children are worth the investment, because children are our future. It was about evangelism. It was about the future. This has been a prophetic house for many years with influence across the region. You might not realize it, but when you talk about this church to other pastors, not just locally like within East County and La Mesa, but even as far as North County, 
they recognize the influence that this church has had over the county and the region of San Diego across the decades. I had one pastor tell me not long ago that there may be older churches in San Diego, but he said he, he grew up here and, and you know, he's quite a, few, quite a bit older than I am. He said, but I don't believe that there is a church that has been at the same address longer than your church has been at your address. We are the only thing that's ever been here at 8809 La Mesa Boulevard. We are the only thing. There is an apostolic calling on this house, on this church, that has been seen in the past in, in what you call like a pioneer spirit. And it's been throughout the life of our church. Seeing land taken, spiritual land, natural land, and initiatives started in the name of Jesus. See, the original design of our church doesn't change, but the packaging, the implementation, how we walk that out may look different today than it did in 1934, because that's when this church was started. But you can see the thread of the original design throughout the years, because we are following his blueprints. The second way that we build with Jesus is we recognize what is already built and what is already completed. See, Paul, Paul wrote in that passage that I read that people have different jobs. People have different assignments. That they're called to do different things. We all aren't called to do the same. One plants, one waters, but God causes the growth, he wrote. See, we have to be faithful to do and to build what God asks us to do. Right? But we are not responsible for that growth. That's God's responsibility. We have to remember who has what job. Because if we start leaning into the spot where we're like, okay, I need to build this thing. I, like, if I stand here and if I, you know, during the week, if I'm like, man, i got to make this thing grow. That's not my job. I'm taking on a role and a responsibility that's not mine. Our responsibility is to faithfully complete the assignment that he has given us the way that the generations before us, before us have completed theirs. Faithfully. So I recognize that we are building on what those who came before us have already built. The foundation is Jesus. That is set, and it is never to be altered or shifted. And there have been generations of people, of leaders and pastors, that have put their hand to work at building on the foundation. Today, we're not tearing down what those who came before us have built. We add on to their work. Literally, we, and we, we might not realize it here now, but we stand on the shoulders of giants building on what they have already built. We take their work and we continue it. See, those leaders, those builders, they might not be here anymore. The people, because remember, we were talking about people. The people that they were building may have moved on, some to different parts of the country, some to different churches. Some have, have moved on to, to take hold of their reward in Jesus. They've passed away. But we bear the collective resemblance of that work. See, when you're raised up and you're discipled by someone, whether it's a pastor, whether it's a spiritual father or a spiritual mother, you begin to take on some of their characteristics. You might not even realize it, but get, you, get, you begin to, to look like them. You begin to, to sound like them. See, a couple weeks ago, if you remember, uh, Renee wasn't here on a Sunday morning, but she was out in Lake Marina, way out East County, and she was speaking for a friend of ours. 
And this is a pastor that Renee has discipled over the years. We've known for many, many years. And after she was done ministering and speaking at, at her church, that pastor's mom happened to be there and she walked up to Renee and she looked at her and she said, I see where she gets it now. See, her mom saw Renee's influence in her daughter and how her daughter was, was leading and was ministering and speaking, but didn't recognize it until her spiritual mother showed up and began to speak and minister. There's characteristics that are the same. See, we become like the leaders that we follow. That's why, listen, listen to me, it's very important that you follow great leaders. Because if you don't follow great leaders, you're going to begin to take on characteristics that you weren't meant to take on. So be careful who you follow. See, the way I lead, the way I minister has been shaped by the leaders and the pastors in my life. If I invited some of my spiritual fathers to come and minister here, you would do the same thing. You'd be like, oh, that seems a little bit familiar. I recognize that mannerism or the way that you, that you speak, the way that you minister, because they've shaped my life. Our church, collectively, we have been shaped by some great pastors. We recognize that. And we honor them for, for fulfilling their God-given assignments. And then we carry on the work that they started. We are thankful for the spiritual and the physical legacy that they have left for us to inherit. The last way that we partner with Jesus in building his church is we build our part. Because we have a role to play. Paul said, but each, each man, each woman, each person must be careful how they build. See, we are responsible for how we build our part. Not just to do our part, but how do we build our part? We must be faithful to complete our assignment with excellence. We can't just be like, well, that's good enough. We can't just give it like half, half effort. This is serious work. We have a high calling. We are literally dealing with people's lives here. Not to be dramatic, but this is life and death. It really is. How we build, how we do our part impacts people's lives. It's, listen to me, it is not fate predetermined who will go to heaven and who will not. God has foreknowledge, right? He knows in advance because he's outside of time. He created time. He already knows who will choose him and who will not. But that doesn't mean we don't have a role to play. It's not fate. It's up to us to build our part and to do it with excellence. We must build well. Paul talked about building with gold and with silver and with precious stones versus wood, hay, and straw or stubble. See, it's on us to build with the very best materials that we can. This is building with excellence. It's building with faith. It's standing on God's promises. It's holding on to the prophetic words that we've received and not just writing them down and stuffing them into a book somewhere and never looking back on them. It's, it's writing them down. It's, it's looking at them. It's praying over them. It's taking hold of the promises that God has given us through his word and not giving up on them just because we haven't seen them yet. There are prophetic promises that are 30, 40, 50 years old of, over this house that we have not yet seen. We're not throwing them away. We're not putting them on the shelf. We're picking them up. We're praying into them. We're dusting them off and we're saying, we're one day closer. The prophetic words we have, we have received about the worship to come out of this house is incredible. 
The prophetic words that, that have been received and have spoken over this place talked about the, the building being filled lower and upper with a line down the street, people waiting to get in so that they can receive a touch, a healing touch, a miracle from Jesus. We haven't seen them come to pass yet, but that's okay because we're one day closer today than we were yesterday. We're not giving up. We're pressing in. We're believing for these things because people's lives are on the line. It's building with a purity of heart. It's building with pure motives. It's building for the glory of God and not for man's praise or man's recognition. Like I think it's safe to say that for, for myself and for all of our pastoral staff and our leaders that not one of them cares if people know who we are. Just, just that they know the name of Jesus. It's building for the generations that we won't ever see. We are called to build, and so we're going to build well. William Carey, who is known as the father of modern-day missions, said this, Expect great things from God. Attempt great things for God. See, we serve an awesome God. We serve an all-powerful God. We serve a nothing-is-impossible God. We can't ever ever dumb down our dreams and our assignments from Jesus to something that we can accomplish on our own strength. Because if you can do it all by yourself, I'm sorry to tell you that that wasn't Jesus. I've never seen Jesus call somebody to do something they could do all on their own strength. In fact, he straight up says, I chose the weak so that I could show my strength. I chose the foolish so I could display my wisdom. So smile, we're a, we're a collection of weak and foolish people. <laughs> but that's okay, because the strength of God flows through us, and the wisdom of God flows through us, and people look at us and go, clearly that's not you. There must be a God in heaven. So let's believe for the impossible. Let's attempt the unachievable. And let's see God do what we can't. Our part is empowering people, is fulfilling destiny, and is leaving legacy. This is our mission. This is the, the, the blueprint of our assignment. Notice it's all people-focused. Because that's what we're building. We're building people. But for us to build people, as I believe that we're called to do, we must steward well our resources, our finances, and our properties, buildings, and facilities. See, buildings serve to facilitate the building of people. We don't build buildings that are, that are monuments just so that they, someone can look and be like, remember that generation that built that thing? Buildings facilitate the building of people because it's all about people. Are buildings, are, are buildings essential? No. Sorry, that was a trick question. But in our day, they are very helpful and very useful. Just talk to a pastor that doesn't have a permanent facility. I know a lot of them, and they are desperate to find a permanent home. Right? As, as, as rent continues to increase and increase and increase. I talked with a pastor um, a couple weeks ago. The rent on, on the building that they're 
that, that they use has gone up dramatically. They're now at $20,000 a month just to rent. And they have no permanent place. They just lost 100 parking, lot, parking spots because they're building an apartment complex. So now, they now have no parking. So they may not be essential, but I'm telling you what, they are very useful. Buildings are not the focus, but they are a tool that we use to build people. Let's be honest, because honest is, we're, we're honest people. Our facility needs some help, right? That's putting it gently. Our facility needs some love. It needs some work. So I have sensed God speaking to me about our facility and the changes and the improvements that it needs for some time in order that it, that it would serve to continue to be a useful tool in building the church, which is you. We've made, we've made improvements to the facility We've changed some, some flooring and, and paint and, and, and different things and some signage. But I believe that God is leading us in the direction of making major changes. Well, what, is, what do you mean? What does that look like? Well, it could look like a total, like a major renovation. Or it could look like a tear down and rebuild. I don't have the full picture yet. But what I do know is that Holy Spirit has been prompting me in this in this area for many months. We've had conversations as, 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 as elders, as leadership, as our pastoral staff, and, and trying to, to listen and lean into, okay, what might God be saying to us? And what might God be leading us into? What will it look like? I don't know. I leave that up to God. And we do our best to be obedient, to follow where he's leading us. For us to be talking about this, to be doing like a major renovation or a, a tear down and rebuild, let's be frank, this is ridiculous. It really is. For the, for the amount of people that call our church home, we should not be talking about doing anything with our facility. That's one of the ways that I know that, that it's God. This, this is not my dream. I have never not once dreamt of building buildings. I've never had this longing to like, man, one day I'd love to build an incredible, you know, church facility. Never crossed my mind. Literally not until April of last year. When we became the lead pastors here, when we stepped from staff pastor to lead pastor, it was only in that moment. And there have been prophetic words and, 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 and divine conversations with people confirming the things that I've sensed that God has been speaking to me. I don't have a dream to build a building. You know what? It's going to be a miracle no matter what it looks like. This is something I do know. That finances are never a reason to not do something God has called you to do. When God calls you to do something, you don't look at your bank account and go, sorry God, I can't do that. I don't have the finances to do that. When God is calling you into it, he's got it. Right? Psalms chapter 50 and, and verse 10 tells us that he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. It also says in Psalms 24, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. So he owns the cattle on the thousand hills and he owns the hills too. Like it's all his. It's not difficult for God to provide four million dollars to overhaul our building. And it's not more of a miracle for God to provide 19 million dollars so that we can tear it down and rebuild it. It's not any harder or easier for God. 
We're not driving the dream. I'm not driving this dream. I'd say this isn't my dream, that this is God's dream, which means it's his bill. But we need to act in faith. We can't lag behind. When he's prompting us to do things, you might not, we might not see the whole picture, like, like I, I don't have blueprints, and what you, sh- should we tear it down, or should we just renovate it, and should we move the sanctuary, the auditorium, back that way so we have a bigger lobby? And I, I don't have all the answers. I'm just trying to be obedient to follow the, what God is leading us into, because I believe it's his dream. I just need to, we just need to stay in step. Don't get ahead of him. Don't lag behind him, but stay with him. In the book of Esther, there's a phrase that I felt over over this season. And it's the phrase, for such a time as this. So if you're not familiar with the story of of Esther, Esther is among the Israelites that are exiled from the land of Israel. And there's a group of them now living in Persia. Esther's uncle, whose name is Mordecai, was raising her because both of her parents were, were killed, probably as they were exiled because there was a great war. That's probably where her parents were killed. Esther was chosen through, it's, it's a long story, but Esther was chosen to be queen during this time. And there was a plot that was released and discovered to kill all the Israelites in the land. The only way to expose the plot and save the people There was one way, and it was for Esther to go to the king. But you don't see, at that time, you didn't just go to the king, even though that was her husband. You didn't go to the king unless you were summoned. For if you went to the king, that was a death sentence. If he didn't call you to come, and you showed up, he had the authority to kill you. Esther did not want to do it. See, she felt safe in her royal comfort. She felt like, wow, if all of the Jewish people are going to be killed, I'm... I'm part of the royal family. I'm safe. I am comfortable. But her uncle came along, Mordecai, and he challenged her by saying this, who knows whether you have not attained royalty for such a time as this. He challenged her to not allow her time in history to pass her by with inactivity and complacency. So Esther rose to the challenge. She heard that. She received the challenge, and she rose and she said this, If I die, I die for such a time as this. Family, I believe that we are alive for such a time as this. That it is not by accident that you were alive in 2020, 2022. We didn't want to, we almost went backwards there. That was a, whoo, that was a rough year. It is not by accident that you are here in this place, called to our church, gathered in this community. It is not by chance. It is by purpose. Because God doesn't do anything that is not by design. He doesn't just throw his people into wherever they may land. He has purpose. He has design. He has intentionality for such a time as this. And we may not have a crystal clear picture of the blueprints, for our facility, exactly what we're doing, but we will walk it out by faith, one step at a time, staying in step with the Lord. So to activate our faith for what God has in store for our facility, I want to do two things today. Number one, I want us to lay hands on our, on our facility, on our walls. I do this all the time. You can ask Melissa. I've done this in front of her many times. We'll be talking, I'll be standing, I'll be standing in the kitchen and I'll be like, thank you Jesus for our new building. 
thank you, Jesus, for our new building. I walk in. I usually come in. There's an entrance. This is our main back entrance. There's an entrance on this side. I'll walk in, and I'll put my hand on the corner as I walk up the breeze wind. I'll say, thank you, Jesus, for our new building. See, I don't believe our new building comes with a new address, just a new facility. Almost 88 years at this address. See, if you notice, on the, uh, you go out the doors and then you go left and left down the hallway, there's some pictures on the, hanging on the wall. If you've never noticed them, you should look at them. Because going from left, left to right, they're, they're um, copies of paintings that we have in another hallway of our building. And the first, the first one is um, it's just, a, it's just a wooden building. It's, it's really makeshift. And the first real building was built here. The makeshift building wasn't far from here. But like I said, We've been the only thing that's been at 8809 La Mesa Boulevard. I don't believe that our new facility comes with a new address. So we're today, we're going to lay hands on the building, and we're going to give thanks for our new building, and I'm going to speak out in faith some of the things that I see, and we're going to declare with the eyes of faith, I see a new building. And then we're going to take up an offering. And the money received in the offering is going to go towards the dream of our new facility. What this is, is this is a faith seed offering. So this is what I want you to do. Never, ever do I ever want you to feel um, coerced or manipulated into giving. You all hear from Jesus, so I just want you to ask, Jesus, what should I give? And whatever he says, just give that. Because there's no goal for the total amount of this offering because it's just a seed, right? How many seeds are in an apple? Maybe six? How many apples are in a seed? This is just a seed. And by faith, we're planting the seed and we're trusting God for the harvest. See, the offering just represents our partnership with God and our assignment for such a time as this. So let's stand. And if you feel comfortable, I just want you to move to the, to the outer walls. Or even like this, you can even come and lay your hands on the stage or lay your hands on the, on the chairs. Maybe somebody wants to just kneel down and put your hands on the floor. If you're not comfortable, it's okay. You can stay where you are. But this is what we call a prophetic act. Father I thank you Jesus for our new building we lay hands on our building as it is today on June 19th 2022 we see it in the natural we lay hands on it and we thank you for our new building not a new address a new building for I see a building that's modern that's attractional, that doesn't look old and tired, that doesn't blend in like camouflage with the rest of the block. I see a building that stands out. I see a building that is welcoming. 
I see a building where people come to, not just for services, not just for worship, but I see a building that people come to for training. Where sons and daughters of God come to be trained and released into the marketplace, into families, into communities, into other cities, into other countries around the world to release the kingdom of God. I see a facility where people come day after day during the week. People that don't know Jesus, but they're coming here to work. They've got space where they can come and dream and work on their businesses. They've got space where they can come and dream about the things that they want to do with their life. Because there's something about this place where dreams come alive. Where people come in touch with the reality of the purpose that you were created them, that you created them for. I thank you, God, for our new building that has a space where we can really love on our community, where we can really distribute food and help people that need help. I see a brand new commercial kitchen where chefs come from all over the county to try out their recipes. They come here because this is a place where dreams happen where creativity is stored in them. God, I thank you for a place, a facility that people are lined up to come into to encounter your presence. Where they encounter the risen Jesus Christ who sets them free to step into all that they were created to, to be sons and daughters of God. I see people lined up to receive miracles and healings and deliverance in Jesus' name. Not because of the person that holds the microphone, but because of Jesus, the risen Christ. I see an auditorium filled with people worshiping Jesus with their hands lifted high, with melodies being released of heaven that set people free where chains of addiction are broken simply by stepping into the atmosphere of worship where bodies are healed because they're within earshot of the melodies and the songs and the sounds of the kingdom of heaven that are being released from here I see a facility filled with children that are being set free and touched with the salvation of Jesus that are being filled with the Holy Spirit that are being taught and trained that they too can release the presence of God where wherever they go. And they are gone into their campus on school and they're seeing other children saved. They're seeing teachers saved. They're seeing, they're seeing other children healed. The demonstration of the kingdom of God. Say this with me. I thank you, Jesus, for our new building. Come on, now say it like you mean it. I thank you, Jesus, for our new building.
you guys realize that there is a, a landmark, like it's a benchmark, a survey benchmark that's right outside our doors that that has been used to measure other things from here. This is a landmark position in La Mesa and in the San Diego region. So I'm going to ask the ushers to come. Um, whoever's in the sound booth that's running the screens, can you put our giving, the instructions up. If you want to give through PushPay, you can give that way. It'll come up on the screens in just a moment. And what I want you to do, I want you to specifically select Building Fund. You've never seen it on there before because I just created it this week. Building Fund. And give to that. And everything that comes in in this offering and in the, in that, to that PushPay fund right there um, is going to go specifically to our facility. So Father, we partner with you and your dream that you are releasing over us blueprints for a new facility. Help us to be obedient to walk out what you are showing us one step at a time. Help us to be faithful that as the finances come in, that we will step out and we will do what we can with the finances that we have and we will continue to walk and step forward not being limited by our own natural resources. That this seed here today, this seed offering, will tap into the storehouse and the treasury of heaven, God, and that you would release finances for our new building. God, I ask that there would not be one dollar borrowed for this new building. That we will build it dedicate and open it without any debt attached to it. In Jesus' name. Amen. You can go ahead and receive. And just, as they do that, Josiah's going to release a song over us. Let's all stand.
is your church, God. Your church. Our church for your glory. For your glory, Jesus. This local expression of your church.